Chapter Fourteen of A Daughter of Today by Sarah Jeanette Duncan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Kendall hardly admitted to himself that his acquaintance with Elfrida had gone beyond the point of impartial observation. The proof of its impartiality, if he had thought of seeking it, would have appeared to him to lie in the fact that he found her, in her personality, her ideas, and her effects, to be damaged by London. The conventionality, Kendall's careless generalization preferred a broad term, of the place made her extreme in every way and it had recently come to be a conclusion with him that english conventionality in moderation was not wholly to be smiled at returning to it its protectiveness had impressed him strongly and he had a comforting sense of the responsibility it imposed upon society paris and the quartier stood out against it in his mind like something full of light and colour and transient passion on the stage something to be remembered with recurring thrills of keen satisfaction and to be seen again it had been more than this he acknowledged for he had brought out of it an element that lightened his life and vitalised his work and gave an element of joyousness to his imagination it was certain that he would go back there and miss bell had been in it and of it so much in it and of it that he felt impatient with her for permitting herself to be herself in any other environment he asked himself why she could not see that she was crudely at variance with all colour and atmosphere and law in her present one and he speculated as to the propriety of telling her so of advising her outright as to the expediency in her own interest of being other than herself in london that was what it came to he reflected in deciding that he could not do this if the girl's convictions and motives and aims were real and he was beginning to think they were real and although he had found himself at liberty to say to her things that were harder to hear he felt a curious repugnance to giving her any inkling of what he thought about this it would be a hideous thing to do he concluded an unforgivable thing and an actual hurt kendall had for women the readiest consideration and though one of the odd things he found in elfrida was the slight degree to which she evoked it in him he recoiled instinctively from any reasoned action which would distress her but his sense of her inconsistency with british institutions at least he fancied it was that led him to discourage somewhat in the highest way miss halifax's interested inquiries about her the inquiries suggested dimly that eccentricity and obscurity might be overlooked in any one whose personality really had a value for mr kendall and made an attempt which was heroic considering the delicacy of miss halifax's scruples to measure his appreciation of miss bell as a writer to miss halifax the word wore a halo and as an individual if she did not succeed it was partly because he had not himself quite decided whether elfrida in london was delightful 
or intolerable and partly because he had no desire to be complicated in social relations which he told himself must be either ludicrous or insincere the halifaxes were not in any sense literary their proper pretensions to that sort of society were buried with sir william who had been editor of the brown quarterly in his day and many other things they had inherited his friends as they had inherited his manuscripts and in spite of a grievous inability to edit either of them they held to one legacy as fast as to the other kendall thought with a somewhat repelled amusement of any attempt of theirs to assimilate elfrida it was different with the cardiffs but even under their enthusiastic encouragement he was disinclined to be anything but discreet and cautious about miss bell in one way and another she was at all events a young lady of potentialities he reflected and with a view to their effect among one's friends it might be as well to understand them he even went so far as to say to himself that janet was such a thoroughly nice girl as she was and then he smiled inwardly at the thought of how angry she would be at the thought of his putting any prudish considerations on her account into the balance against an interesting acquaintance he had nevertheless a distinct satisfaction in the fact that it was really circumstances in the shape of the decade article that had brought them together and that he could hardly charge himself with being more than an irresponsible agent in the matter under the influence of such considerations kendall did not write to elfrida at the age office asking her address as he had immediately resolved to do when he discovered that she had gone away without telling him where he might find her it seemed to him that he could not very well see her at her lodgings and the pleasure of coming upon her suddenly as she closed the door of the age behind her and stepped out into fleet street a fortnight later overcame him too quickly to permit him to reflect that he was yielding to an opposite impulse in asking her to dine with him at balieros as they might have done in paris it was an unlooked-for opportunity and it roused a desire which he had not lately been calculating upon a desire to talk with her about all sorts of things to feel the exhilaration of her single-mindedness to find out more about her to guess at the meanings behind her eyes if any privileged cynic had taken the chance to ask him whether he found them expressive of purely abstract significance kendall would have answered affirmatively in all honesty and he would have added a confession of his curiosity to discover what she was capable of if she was capable of anything which he considered legitimate enough at the moment however he had no time to think of anything but an inducement and he dashed through whole pickets of scruples to find one they give one such capital strawberry ices at balieros he begged her to believe his resolutions did not even reassert themselves when she refused 
he was conscious only that it was a bore that she should refuse and very inconsistent hadn't she often dined with him at the cafe florian his gratification was considerable when she added they smoke there you know and it became obvious by whatever curious process of reasoning she arrived at it that it was baliero's restaurant she objected to and not his society well he urged there are plenty of places where they don't smoke though it didn't occur to me that oh she laughed but you must allow it to occur to you and she put her finger on her lip considering their solitariness in the crowd he thought there was no reason why he should not say that he was under the impression that she liked the smell of tobacco there are other places she went on there is a sweet little green and white place like a dairy in oxford street that calls itself the hyacinth which is sacred to ladies and to gentlemen properly chaperoned if you would invite me to dine with you there i should like it very much anywhere he said he accepted her proposal to dine at the hyacinth with the same unquestioning pleasure which he would have had in accepting her proposal to dine at the top of the monument that evening but he felt an undue perplexity at its terms which was vaguely disturbing how could it possibly matter did she suppose that she advanced palpably nearer to the proprieties in dining with him in one place rather than the other there was an unreasonableness about it which irritated him he felt it more distinctly when she proposed taking an omnibus instead of the cab he had signalled oh of course if you prefer it he said and there was almost a trace of injured feeling in his voice it was so much easier to talk in a cab he lost his apprehensions presently for it became obvious to him that this was only a mood coming as he said to himself devoutly from the lord knew what combination of circumstances he would think that out afterwards but making elfrida none the less agreeable while it lasted under its influence she kept away from all the matters she was fondest of discussing with that extraordinary candour and startling equity of hers and talked to him with a pretty cleverness about commonplaces of sorts arising out of the day's news the shops the weather she treated them all with a gaiety that made her face a fascinating study while she talked and pointed them as it were with all the little poises and expressions and reserves which are commonly a feminine result of considerable social training kendall entering into her whim involuntarily compared her with an acknowledged successful girl of the season with whom he had sat out two dances the night before in eaton square to the successful girl's disadvantage finding something lacking in that he came upon a better analogy in a young married lady of the diplomatic circle who had lately been dipping the third finger of her left hand into politics with the effect of considerably increasing her note this struck him as satisfactory and he enjoyed finding completion for his parallel wherever her words and gestures offered it 
he took her at the wish she implied and eddied with her round the pool which some counter-current of her nature had made for the hour in its stream pleasantly enough he attempted once as elfrida unbuttoned her gloves at their little table at the hyacinth to get her to talk about her work on the age please please don't mention that she said it is too revolting you don't know how it makes me suffer a moment later she returned to it of her own accord however it is absurd to try to extract pledges from people she said but i should really be happier much happier if you would promise me something by heaven i will promise anything kendall quoted laughing from a poet much in vogue only this i hope i am not selfish she hesitated but i think yes i think i must be selfish here it is that you will never read the age i never do leapt to his lips but he stopped it in time and why he asked instead ah you know why it is because you might recognize my work in it by accident you might and that would be so painful to me it is not my best please believe it is not my best on one condition i promise he said that when you do your best you will tell me where to find it she looked at him gravely and considered as she did so it seemed to kendall that she was regarding his whole moral mental and material nature he could almost see it reflected in the glass of her great dark eyes certainly yes that is fair if you really and truly care to see it and i don't know she added looking up at him from her soup that it matters whether you do or not so long as you carefully and accurately pretend that you do when my best my real best sees the life of common type he suggested type she repeated unsmilingly i shall be so insatiate for criticism i ought to say praise that i shall even go so far as to send you a marked copy very plainly marked with blue pencil already she smiled with a charming effect of assertiveness i have bought the blue pencil will it come soon kendall asked seriously cher ami elfrida said drawing her handsome brows together a little it will come sooner than you expect that is what i want she went on deliberately more than anything else in the whole world to do things good things you understand and to have them appreciated and paid for in the admiration of people who feel and see and know for me life has nothing else except the things that other people do better and worse than mine better and worse than yours kendall repeated can't you think of them apart no i can't elfrida interrupted i have tried and i cannot i know it's a weakness at least i am half persuaded that it is but i must have the personal standard in everything but you are a hero-worshipper often i have seen you at it yes 
she said cynically while the white-capped maid who handed kendall asparagus stared at her with a curiosity few of the hyacinth's lady diners inspired and when i look into that i find it is because of a secret consciousness that tells me that i in the hero's place should have done just the same thing or else it is because of the gratification my vanity finds in my sympathy with his work whatever it is oh it is no special virtue my kind of hero worship the girl looked across at kendall and laughed a bright frank laugh in which was no discontent with what she had been telling him you are candid kendall said oh yes i'm candid i don't mind lying for a noble end but it isn't a noble end to deceive oneself oh purblind race of miserable men kendall began lightly but she stopped him don't she cried nothing spoils conversation like quotations besides that's such a trite one i learned it at school but kendall's offence was clearly in his manner it seemed to elfrida that he would never sincerely consider what she had to say about herself she went on softly holding him with her eyes you may find me a simple creature apropos laughed kendall easily what is this particular noble end bah she said you are right it is a lie and it had no end at all i am complex enough i dare say but this is true that my egotism is like a little flame within me all the best things feed it and it is so clear that i see everything in its light to me it is most dear and valuable it simplifies things so i assure you that i wouldn't be one of the sloppy unselfish people the world is full of for anything as a source of gratification isn't it rather limited kendall asked he was thinking of the extra drop of nervous fluid in americans he had been reading about in the afternoon and wondering if it often had this development i don't quite know what you mean elfrida replied it isn't a source of gratification it's a channel and it intensifies everything so that i don't care how little comes that way if there's anything of me left when i die it will be that little fierce flame and when i do the tiniest thing write the shortest sentence that rings true see a beauty or a joy which the common herd pass by i have my whole life in the flame and it becomes my soul i'm sure i have no other when you say that there is no real pleasure in the world that does not come through art elfrida went on again widening her eyes seriously don't you feel as if you were uttering something religious part of a creed as the mussulman feels when he says there is no god but one god and mahomet is his prophet i do i never say it kendall returned with a smile does that make one a philistine or a hindu or what you a philistine elfrida cried as they rose from the little table you are saying a thing that is absolutely wicked 
her quasi-conventional mood had vanished completely and as they drove together in a hansom through the mysterious movement of the lamp-lit london streets toward her lodging she plunged enjoyingly into certain theories of her religion which embraced arnold and aristotle and did not exclude mr whistler a composite creed making wide ineffectual and presumptuous grasps to include all beauty and all faith she threw handfuls of these things at kendall who watched them vanish into the air with pleasure and asked if he might smoke at which she reflected deciding that for the present he might not but when they reached her lodgings she would permit him to renew his acquaintance with buddha and give him a cigarette during the hour they smoked and talked together elfrida was wholly delightful and only one thing occurred to mar the enjoyment of the evening as kendall remembered it that was mr golightly tick who came up and smoked too and seemed to have extraordinary familiarity for such an utterly impossible person with miss bell's literary engagements on his way home kendall reflected that it was doubtless a question of time she would take to the customs of civilization by degrees and the sooner the better End of chapter 14